Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Continuing in our excellent trend of introducing you to our fantastic people here at Bright Star Studios, this is an episode that uh, I've wanted to do, and I, I know this is one of my catchphrases at this point, I've wanted to do this episode for a while, but truly, um, today's guest is Chris. Say hi. Hi, guys. And Chris is our newly minted-ish people and cultures person over at Brystar Studios. I met him on my trip over to Denmark, and I was so blown away by just what a character he was, and simultaneously I'm so happy that we have somebody filling such an important role that I was desperate, and I mean really desperate, to have him on the podcast. So, hi Chris. Well, I'm happy, I'm happy to be here, Svetlin. <laughs> I'm ecstatic that you're here. Like, this, this is going to be so much fun. So, um, it is. In, in typical Meet the Team fashion, uh, let's start with, you know, who you are. Give us a bit of background on yourself. Who you are, what you do. All right. Where you popped out of. <laughs> so I like that you call me a people and culture person, but actually my, my official title is operations manager. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit more to it. But right now, the main focus of what I'm doing is what you're talking about, people and culture. Uh, so what I do is we've got a couple of legs in the game, uh, in the company. We've got game development. I well, I you and I could probably do game development, but it would take a lot longer and be not as good as when Joris and all the other guys are doing it. Then we've got marketing. That's what you're doing, and you're doing a hell of a better job than I would ever be able to do. <laughs> but then there's the third thing: that's making sure that everyone has everything they need, and that's where operations come in. Making sure we reach the goals that we set. Making sure you get paid. Making sure people get the lunch, and just generally just asking people how they are and. Well, making sure that everyone is able to do their best. That is where I come in. That is a massive relief, uh, especially with, and this is probably going to date the podcast in the future, but the importance of your role, I believe, cannot be understated, especially considering that the video game industry is finally waking up to the fact that people are irreplaceable in the video game making process. And I'm really, really happy that with Brightstar, it, in the very beginning, uh, or, or since the very beginning, and especially now with the initiatives that you are spearheading, we are very much focused on making sure that people are taken care of, that they are, you know, fine, happy, you know, comfortable, anything positive that you can think of. That's, that's what I'm feeling is coming from your efforts. And they are... Massively appreciated. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so easy because people are generally very nice and people just want to do their best. So the second I landed in the chair, it was like, okay, how can I make sure that everyone has the opportunity to just really shine? And then things come along. Like someone, my office chair is wrong. Okay, we'll fix a new office chair. Oh, I haven't gotten paid. Oh, we'll, we'll fix that. Oh, I mean, all these little issues that normally just kind of bother people. But if you move them away which is pretty easy when you don't have to worry about how to code the next ai or draw the next uh, landmark or something so it, what's easy for me to do is just take all these pebbles that people could get in their shoes and just remove them so they can just walk the path of building the greatest game of all time <laughs> that is that is very well put pebbles and shoes so how did you come to you know choose this career path what's what's your background where did you you know start from and how did you get here Oh, that's that's a great question, and really, I had a long path. Uh, I'm by education, I'm a army captain. 
I've uh, worked in the Danish Armed Forces for, well, almost 19 years, to be honest. Uh, deployed a couple of times, and I've been an officer commanding of this company and had my own command. That was really fun. And if I could do that job, I'd probably still be doing it. Uh, and then I, as I got older and I got kids, I started uh, going to university and re studying uh, IT, not as programming, but as business, like how you connect the two. And I was, I had set up all my articles from Google with stuff about blockchain and AI because it really interests me. I, I was a kid, I've always been interested in, in like gaming and technology and computers. And then all of a sudden this, this article popped up, this crazy company in my hometown uh, building a, a MMORPG on blockchain. And I was like, okay. I need to figure out what's going on. And I, I had a meeting with uh, some of the founders. And I talked to some of the people and, and I was just so excited that not only were we creating a game where we were able to give back to people, uh, but it was also happening in my hometown. And it was like, I want to be part of this. So I, I applied and well, I actually applied for producer because I thought I wanted to make the game, but they pretty quickly identified that my my particular skill set that I'd required over a long career it was better used in in another way. So here we are. That that kind of rolls the two questions I had into one. You know, you, you covered how how you came to work here. Um, I I'm really curious. Uh, did your time in the army? Did you, you mentioned that there was a very very much a skills overlap? Can you sort of elaborate on that? How how did um, running your own company? uh get you in a position to be able to do the things that you're doing now well see what most people well at least when i was a kid everyone they played wolfenstein he's a he was a lone wolf right yeah they watched rambo he was a lone wolf so so you got the well you got the feeling that okay to be a good soldier you're alone and you're just badass you do everything by yourself that is the furthest from the truth mm -hmm. that you can be you cannot in war, in combat, you cannot do things alone. You need other people. So the way I view leadership and project management and basically most of the things I do in life is I'm really good at some things, but there's always someone who's better than me at, at some other stuff. <laughs> so if, if I want to, if I want to build a game, I should be getting guys who can do the best gameplay development to get as concept art, the best uh, programming, and then I can put them all together in one room and I can make sure that they have all the best opportunities to do whatever they do best. It's the same with, with soldiers. Like if I can remove all the obstacles so they can do their job, it makes their job better and it makes mine easier. So, so that's why I think I call it servant leadership mm -hmm. where in order to make you shine, if you shine, I shine, right? And then oh, yeah. we all shine, and th then then the company does better, the game becomes better, and the community will have a great game. That's what we want at the end of the day. Which is an incredibly simple concept, which, uh, from what I've seen, is very difficult to grasp. Uh, it, it, it's kind of amazing to me that not too many companies are doing this. I mean, I mean it's, it's so simple, right? If you treat your people right, mm -hmm. if you, you pay them well, if you, you give them the benefits that they they won and just kind of treat them like you you want to be treated yourself it's so basic if you do that they will perform better and if you didn't tell them hey dude relax 
have mm-hmm. some holiday, have some vacation, they will come back invigorated and do even better. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it, it's a positive feedback loop. And I really, really enjoy seeing people who, are, who come back from, let's say they've had a big deadline. We've, we've had some big deadlines, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I, I I just go up to one guy and say, you, you need to you need to go home now. And they'll be looking at me like, no, I can't. I've got this deadline. I need to do stuff. And like, yeah, but right now you're producing, you're you're coding at perhaps fifty percent of what you're capable of. You're you're doing bad code. Go back home, sleep for eight hours, come back. Don't worry, I'll deal with your boss. There will be no issues for you. And they come back the next day and they just solve the issue they've been struggling with for hours and 20 minutes because they're they're invigorated so i mean i that feeling of seeing someone's success i i get high of it <laughs> that's awesome i mean i experienced it firsthand when you learned that i had two weeks of vacation you looked at me like i had just fallen from mars <laughs> you explicitly told yeah, well, me rest I mean, up <laughs> yeah i mean you just go rest up I'm, I'm pretty sure you spend it doing crazy stuff like working out and trekking in the mountains, drinking your father's rocket fuel and, <laughs> and, and, and making making uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Or, or, or did it was making Yu-Gi-Oh cards, yes. The man, yeah, we had the best is. lunches. <laughs> that was a great lunch. <laughs> For everybody not in the know, and this side sidebar, I guess. Um, when Yu-Gi-Oh became a thing in Bulgaria, uh, we had tons of <laughs> like... Uh, corner stores everywhere selling these like shitty like what would it 50 euro cent Yu-Gi-Oh card packs with the most bootleg things inside them uh, but we were kids we didn't understand uh, what they said come to find out they were spelled in very very broken English some of it was not not repeatable in, in today's climate anyway uh, so I would watch the show religiously and uh, I was so obsessed with it that I took some of those bootleg cards. I printed out on sheets of A4 paper, wasting a whole sheet for one card, by the way, uh, cards that I really liked. I cut them out and I glued them on top of the bootleg cards. So uh, whoever is running the wiki, uh, you can add this to the lore of Svetland page if that exists. Well, if it doesn't, it should now. I mean, we've got a great community. They'll yeah. they'll probably make it happen. <laughs> back back on topic. Um, back on topic. We, yeah, I, I think that was pretty fun. We expanded on um, what skills you bring, but I want to pick your brain for the future. Um, what is your vision of sure. BSS? Oh, that's a great. I thought you were going to ask me about the game because that was pretty pretty quick. I've, uh, about BSS. What I want to do is I want to help create. Well, it's pretty much almost here, but we want to cement it. Like a culture where, I think you actually described it pretty well in a meeting we had uh, a few weeks ago uh, before the holiday, where you come in and it's not as much as workplace and it's just a really nice place to be with cool people and doing fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the culture we want to work. And there will be times when we need to do the infamous crunch. We really try not to. I mean, it, one of the things that we, we don't, uh, try to avoid overtime. We try to avoid working in weekends unless people want to because we're pretty flexible, but that's that's another thing. Um, but I want to build a culture where people want to be here. I mean, where, where, where it's fun to be and it's we play together, we play Dungeons and Dragons, we watch movies. We I mean, we do a lot of stuff that isn't just working, but it's all focused on this single goal to create 
uh, a great game. And in the future, perhaps more games or DLCs or comics or I mean, we could go really crazy about thinking about what we wanted to do down the line in 10, 15 years. Basic idea is to just have a workplace that I don't want to get into cliches, but yeah, you, you described I, I was about to use the family word. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Fast and Furious. So I apologize, but no, because, because I, I, I know what you wanted to say about it, it being a family place, but that's actually not what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. because if you as long as you say family, there's a tendency to like we just had a huge holiday, right? And I love my family, but there's also a lot of obligations. You have yeah. to go to Grand Marsh. You have to do and and. Yeah, we've got obligations as well. I mean, if Joris puts down a deadline, we, we're, we're going to work hard to reach that deadline. So there is obligations, but it's not a family in the way when you're not obligated to come play a meeting with us. We, we invite you to come. We invite you to come and, and watch movies. We invite you to join us for lunch. We invite you to do stuff with us. Everyone is invited. Everyone is accepted. doesn't matter if you're uh, male, female, non-binary, if you're two meters tall or one meter short. doesn't doesn't matter everyone is invited to everything i mean because if you got accepted to bright star it's because of your skill set and your personality we'll, we'll like you i mean that's just how it is so not as much as family perhaps a tribe would be better i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm still still work workshopping it a comfortable low pressure environment that's the vibe i'm getting yeah. that we're working towards where all of these cool, fun things are there for you if you want to engage with them, but you don't have to if you do not want to, and that is very much cool with everybody. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got a D and D session on Friday, and we we want everyone in the party to come, but someone can't because they've got a birthday. I mean we're not going to be mad at them. We're not going to be like furious that you can't make a social event because you've got a life and you've got other obligations. That's that's cool. Um, if you can join us for something, do it. If not, hey, we still like you. I'm really bummed out that I'm missing those sessions, by the way. I cannot wait for my next trip over to Denmark. Well, you, come on by. There's always room for a half-orc part. Yes. I'm going to bring yeah. so much throat medicine. <laughs> I could not speak that whole Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you probably should. That was a really fun night. <laughs> right. So um, we, we covered the work stuff we you know describe what you do what you want to do for and with the company and now let's get yeah. into the dirty laundry the freeballing section your gaming habits time, time oh my to, gaming habits <laughs> time time for street I've, yeah i mean i i probably play well mostly in the 90s in the early 10s because i'm i'm slightly older than uh most of the people in the company not all I'm not the age person, but a lot. So I started playing The Hunt for Red October, which is a book by Tom Clancy, and that became a movie that became a, a very bad side scroller with a submarine, and I was horrible at it. As a kid. That was my first game, but it was I really thought I was good at it. I wasn't. And then I just started from there. So, so I've played everything from Civilization 1, yes, the one XCOM, the mm. original, mm. and then I just kept on going. I played Polish Gate, I played World of Warcraft, I played all of those, uh, the Monkey Islands. Um, but right now, my, my biggest addiction is Overwatch. 
uh-huh. I've been playing that far too much. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 I took a break <laughs> the last couple of months. I, I used to have captain the team. We're playing uh, Masters. So that, it was pretty serious. We had we even had a coach. Oh. Uh, doing yeah, we did coaching sessions, and then we had strategies. We we you had to follow up on meta, and it was like uh, three nights a week, and then a coaching session. It was like it was almost like a second job. That's how serious I took it. Oh my god! Uh, well, that, because that's what we do, right? We, yeah. we get engaged. We want to we want to be better. We want to be really good at stuff. We want to learn and, and become the best. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like we've got uh, we've got three people from the old CS 1.6 team, Spirit of Amiga, who was mm-hmm. like, I, I knew about, knew who they were, but I didn't know them. Now I'm working with them. That's the that's the people that we're in a company with. So they want to be good. They want to be not only good, they want to be the best. And I, I think that's pretty good way of describing it. Um, but yeah, Overwatch. But right now I'm playing Halo Infinite. Oh, um, my man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Um, yeah. Well, you need to play other stuff than just one game, right? That's true. Um, That's and I'm true. looking looking forward to getting into uh, Wildermyth, uh, an RPG as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, would your longest gaming session be related to your Overwatch addiction, or would that be something no. else? No, it wouldn't. That would be when I was a kid. I had friends coming over. We we played Warcraft two and Command and Conquer on on uh, direct connections and we had a session playing Diablo one, mm-hmm. the, the first one. And I think that lasted, I remember them going to bed around five in the morning and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I grabbed a bottle. Of, I grabbed uh, a big bottle of Coke and I just kept on going. So I think it was, let's say 30, 36 hours, something like that. What? Uh, yeah, 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 but we got to hell and I got the uh, godly plate of the whale and, and all that stuff. Yep. Oh my god! That's the longest gaming session. Holy but, shit! But but bear 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 in mind, Sadlin, this was this was just one and a half day. We we did this like it, it was the Easter holiday. So we started Monday and we ended Friday. Oh so shit! Yeah, um, we played everything: Civilization, Command and Conquer, all all those good games back in the, the late nineties. Oh that was god. really fun. You you are essentially the poster boy for a '90s season of Stranger Things with this. <laughs> yeah, I probably would be. God damn, is that your fondest gaming memory then? Ah, uh, that's a great question. No, I think think my fondest gaming memory is when I was invited to a wedding by my uh, guildmaster in World of Warcraft. Oh, he was he, he was he was he was living in in the UK and I was in Denmark and I had visited him the summer before, uh, and he he invited me to come to his wedding, uh, and and his wife was also in the guild obviously and so was his dad-in-law and you know, uh, that was that sense of community and like belonging, I really really enjoyed that and I think that's why the whole MMORPG and and also the 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 team I built Nowark. I really like that. That's yeah. So that isn't as much a gaming experience, but it's an experience in a in relation to a game. Mm-hmm. Right? That's so precious. That's that's so awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. 
I, I've yeah. heard a, a couple of stories of WoW weddings, and it's just it always warms my heart that that people go to that extra mile to show their dedication through something they love. That's oh that's yeah, so but nice. uh, I mean this wasn't uh, this wasn't online. It wasn't in the game. I was actually invited to oh! the wedding in oh in God. London. Well, close to London, and he was Scottish, so I got to wear his family kilt yes! for the wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So awesome. Good times. Hell yes. Oh, that is even better then. That's oh my god, that's so cool. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm nerding the hell out. Hold on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. compose myself. I mean, I mean, re recent best is probably winning some tournament in Overwatch. But I mean, that was just fun, and because our plans clicked and everyone was popping, and but but yeah, I think the fondest memory that is related to gaming is being invited to that wedding. That's awesome. And let's finish off strong with your top three favorite video games. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about it because <laughs> there are so many awesome games, right? Mm. Um, I think if I look at what has influenced me the most, that would be uh, the original XCOM. Mm -hmm. uh, I played that like way too much when I was a kid. Um, I played a ton of adventure games as well, but I think we'd have to go with Mass Effect 2. Ooh, yes. For the second one, because it's just, I mean, it's just a great game. And and now we're, we're, we're staying in the same genre, but just for all the haters out there, Cyberpunk 2077 oh, is the best story ever. I mean, oh. it's like it's the story. I, I will not get into details about all the bugs and all that. I played through it in the first, I, I played 100 hours in the first week I had it, and I had three bugs. So, I mean, experience may vary, but yeah, mm -hmm. that game is awesome. And you and I, we can speak about games for the next hour, and <laughs> we won't even have scratched the surface of all the great games. I mean, and let's not get into all the bad games that we probably played as well, right? <laughs> Boy, do I have some stories about that. I, <laughs> yeah, man, I know Cyberpunk do. is such a, a out-of-left-field choice, because I, I finished it over my, well, well you mandated Christmas break. And yeah. god damn is it good. Uh for like very weird reasons. Um that that sounds very negative. Let me let me quickly explain. No no, this. no I get it. I mean I mean I mean even okay, let's be real. The story is kind of eh, it's alright. It's not mm -hmm. that good. But the connections with the characters yes, the way absolutely. they're built. Mm -hmm. uh, oh that is so great. I mean what what team are you? Judy or Pan Am? Judy. Oh, that's I played where a, it goes wrong. I played no, a female. No, no, no. Okay, Pan Am so, no, all the way. Pan Am. I know. Here's my perspective. <laughs> so I made a female Corpo V, and oh, yeah. I I really wanted to go heavy on the roleplay, and I immediately yeah. abandoned the game at launch because it ran like garbage on my computer, which oh. I think I believe I've told you. And then yeah. um, just the the immersion wasn't there because uh, no. just the RPG systems are beyond non-existent in that game, but. Recently, with all of the mods that came out and my uh, newly acquired graphics card, I decided to give it another shot. There and you that go. game, when you decide to put into it more than it can, not handle per se, but I, I went deep on the roleplay with just a couple of mods, chief among them being one that allowed me to just upgrade. I, I gave myself infinite upgrade materials so that I could keep oh. all of the clothes that I like, the outfits for my V. Oh. Yeah, yeah, which like really helped with my immersion and how I would consider her to behave. And I don't know if it was because I was playing it perfectly at the way CD Projekt 
wrote Corpo V, but I, I genuinely had a character arc in the game <laughs> through just the couple of dialogue options you get. And just it's so well written, which I'm really happy that the writing quality is still there. That was very worrying. So with the quality of the side characters and just Keanu is surprisingly fantastic as Johnny Silverhand. He is. Well, I, I mean, it's not a surprise. It's Keanu. I mean, he's breathtaking, right? He, he sure is. And it just like, uh, God damn, it, it was so good. And the side characters are fantastic. And Night City is a great place for digital tourism. And again, True. with the mods that swept most of my, you know, issues with the game under the rug. And I just had a fantastic yeah. time with it. And the ending, again, no spoilers here, but the ending and endings, plural, that I got were just so bittersweet that it completely meshes with the the theme of the game, which, you know, it being a, a cyberpunk dystopia and all that. It's It feels like a small story in, in the giant yeah, you're, world. You're not, you're not supposed to have a happy ending, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even The Witcher doesn't have... A happy ending that's what they do they have a realistic ending that I mean there will be good stuff but there'll also be bad stuff yeah which makes it even more like you know memorable oh that's such exactly. a good note to end on <laughs> learning about cyberpunk so i guess that's yeah. all the questions i had for the podcast um oh, yeah this was a fantastic time uh i it, i'm it really, really glad was. that we we got um the major point across which is uh you're holding the reins Everything is fantastic and I it's am. gonna get even better. And you have great yeah, taste in video games. I I will I I think so. I mean it's always debatable, right? And that that's also oh, that's also so fun. I mean meeting people and and having the same interests or at least not even the same interests. If people have something they're passionate about and just acting around I could ask you about cars or movies mm -hmm. and we could probably talk about that for hours. Oh yeah. And, and you could ask me, we could talk about games or, or working out. We've got a lot of things in common, by the way, <laughs> that's <just> creepy. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, as long as people are passionate about something, you can always have a great time. We, we might not agree. You'd say something like really stupid, like I, I would never squat. It's bad for your knees. And I'd have to slap you silly, but, but we could argue about it and we could be passionate about it. And we I actually believe that. By the way. That's why I stopped squatting. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll have to have a great debate about that sometime. <laughs> Fitcast in future. Why is everybody so ripped at this goddamn company? Woof. Well, be because we're, we're, I mean, I've done it for a living. Uh, yeah. I actually had to stay fit, and I think a lot of people, uh, luckily, is learning that you have to take care of your body and your mind. So if by running a few hours a week or lifting heavy things and putting them down a few hours a week, <laughs> that, I mean, if you can do those things, you'll be alive longer and you'll have more fun. That's right. That's right. That that is exactly the note I wanted to end on. By the way, <laughs> grab some dumbbells, people. <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, quotes from Mark, he's from Mark Ripto, he's a strength coach. Like, being being strong is just a life hack. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, oh, that's, that's very helpful. It is. Do you know how much it flour is. you can carry? You can make so much za if you're stronger. Yeah, well, I mean, where I come from, it, being strong meant that I could carry all my gear when I deployed to Afghanistan, mm -hmm. even in 40 degrees heat in the shade and and only feeling mildly uncomfortable 
being strong means that when you get ill, you probably become well quicker. Being strong, and I, I'm strong in like the most broad term I can use, uh, helps you get over heartaches because, yeah. So, so I mean, being strong in every sense of the word, life hack. Absolutely. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, that's for participating. That's the episode. That's the episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will definitely, definitely have him back on. And we will catch you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, you. You made it to the end. Congratulations. That must mean you like us enough to want more, right? Well, good news. We're all over the internet. Go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early, as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team. Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at PlayEmberSword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics. Drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Ember Sword. <laughs>